Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to Smarter Every Season, the podcast brought to you by Precision Planting Product Support. My name is Freya Watson, and I am your host again today. Um, Before I introduce my guest, I just want to give a little bit of an explanation for this episode. So we had done um, the hiring episode with Matt Bennett um, that had aired last week, and we are also going to have the end, the tail end of that conversation again this week. But before that, I have Laura Smith in with me, and she is our HR person um, here in Tremont. So how are you doing, Laura? I am doing so good, and this is, I just have to say, my first time ever being recorded in any manner. I haven't even been in a wedding where I've talked into a microphone <laughs> before, so this is all new to me, and I'm really excited. Awesome. It's, it is different. Matt was saying like after he, cause it was the first time he'd been on the podcast and having the headphones in, he's like, it sounds so cool. Like, I think I like, I don't even want to listen to myself talk unless I have the, the, the headphones in. So. Yeah, I know. I told my kids on the way uh, into school with them this morning that mommy was going to be on a podcast and, uh, they're pretty excited to listen to me, but I think they'll probably be a little upset when they find out what I talked about today. <laughs> um, I'm not a radio announcer or anything, so announcing anything cool. So, How old are they and do they listen to podcasts? So my um, oldest does listen to podcasts. Um, and then I try to be old school when we're in the car and I'll turn on a Bible Adventures or something okay. like that podcast from the 90s. Um, but they are 10, 8, and 4. So when they hear podcasts or, you know, that's like a radio station, they're probably thinking like these awesome, cool announcers that they hear at sporting events <laughs> and radio stations. And mommy doesn't quite make that cut. So I bet I bet they'll still think it's really cool. I hope so. Okay. So let's, let's get into hiring. Um, yeah. I had some questions for you and then... Uh, we kind of, I rabbit trailed a little rabbit bit, Rabbit trailed, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I rabbit trailed and a lot of the questions that you asked me are very state specific. So, um, anyone who's owned a company or has been in the nitty gritty of a company knows that there are lots of laws. Um, and so I want to be very careful and tread super lightly because I may not know every single law out there. Um, so I just want to preface this, you know, there might be a little bit of legal advice given out today. Um, I just want everyone to know that you shouldn't take my word as true or, okay, that's not right. I don't want you to take my word as the only truth. Um, Do your own research, maybe even hire an attorney or something like that to look at your processes and look at your procedures to make sure that what you have is true and correct for your situation. Awesome. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. At the not bottom. Not a doctor, not a lawyer. <laughs> I am not a lawyer and cannot give out legal advice. No. Okay. Um, so some of the questions that you asked, they are really good. So um, like I said, just I'm going to try to stay very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any other questions or anyone out there that has questions, Google it can be your friend. Just be careful. You know, make sure you're reading the .gov websites or, yeah. or the state websites or stuff like that. So there's also places that you can hire where these HR companies can give you a service for a fee um, if you're a little bit bigger but you're not quite big enough to hire your own HR person yet. You can outsource an okay. HR person. So that's really handy, too. Um, So one of the questions that you had talked about employee files or personnel files. Mm -hmm. So um, we have personnel files for everyone at Precision. Um, Currently, they have an offer letter that was signed um, and an I-9 that they completed. That's a big one. The government has you um, do that within the first three days that someone is hired um, and you can get audited and it's it's a big deal so make sure we're doing that i9 and keeping it on file Um, 
We also keep anything that changes. So if they take a new job or if we have to do any kind of documentation about performances, anything like that, like it's just a catch all for everything. Um, We kind of say, you know, you can never have too much documentation on someone. So just throw it in. Okay. So in your perspective or for our employee files, the offer letter and like changing a job, why do you keep those? I'm curious. Well, we need to always have the, the current role that they're in. Okay. We need yeah. to have that in their file. It's nice also to see like where you came from and where you're going. That way, if we had to dig yeah. way back for something, okay. then we would have the paper trail as to what positions you held. Gotcha. So for a smaller dealer, maybe they have like they're hiring their first employee or They've got a couple, um, just like three or four people. Do -hmm. you think that's really important or is it like it's nice to have so you to keep track? I think everyone, no matter the size, should have a personnel folder. And I think that as an owner of a dealership, you should have a personnel folder on yourself. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you need to make one for yourself. Yeah, that so you know where what you've done and and like just a track record. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. You know, you have that difficult conversation with yourself, you know, telling yourself you're just not performing, write it down yeah. on the post-it, stick it in your personnel yeah. file. I had a conversation with myself on the way to work this morning. I need to do better. <laughs> stick it in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that's and, and like I said, that I-9, it's super important that you do it correctly. Um, here at Precision, obviously, we're a bigger company. Um, so we have hired a company called HireRight to help us manage all of our drug screens, our background checks, our I-9, so we can do it all electronically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little pricey. Smaller companies probably won't do that. Um, as far as drug and background goes, I don't think it's a law like I said, asterisk at the bottom, mm-hmm. that they have to, that you have to do that. But uh, insurance policies might require that. Okay. Um, so check into that. So, so um, if, you're gro- if you're growing your dealership big enough where you are required by state law or mm-hmm. whatever law um, that you have to provide insurance, that might be a prerequisite to getting an employee It would be more insurance. like the liability insurance side. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, like hiring someone for your personal business insurance, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that they are able to pass a background or a drug screen. Again, asterisk. Yeah. But check into your own insurance policies. Yeah. Okay. So, not just health insurance, liability insurance as well may require that. Yeah. We're getting into the weeds today. This is fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so that's the personnel folder. And then another thing you asked about is just like what's the different types of employees you can have. So, you know, I I know at dealerships there's probably your, you know, you have your own farm and you go to someone's dealership, you have your your dealership on your farm, like what type of employees are there? Mm-hmm. Um, that might be there's probably a lot of situations and a lot of scenarios, but there's really three main types of employment. So you can have a temp, you can have a full-time, and you can have a part-time. Mm-hmm. So the full-time and the part-time, pretty at the high-level self-explanatory. Uh, part-time, they don't work a full 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's different based off of state what they consider a part-time. part-time okay. How many hours? Like it's not... 32 it's not 20 right. like there's different states say different things right like in illinois it's 25 <coughs> is the max i believe thing. so yeah, yeah yeah um so full-time you are required to give full-time benefits um and that doesn't necessarily mean health insurance because i think if your your company is smaller than 50 people you are not required to give health insurance um, but you have to pay the medicare and social security tax you have to have unemployment uh, insurance, you have to have workers comp, um, and then you have to have FMLA. Um, okay. So FMLA is essentially if they need to take an extended leave, um, you don't have to pay them, but you have to promise them that when they come back that they'll still have a job. Okay. So, so that... you can't terminate employment because they're gone, okay. but you, you don't have to pay them though. Okay. So with having 
FMLA, is that like a policy that you're going to pay into? Because like the other ones we were looking at, um, workers' compens- compensation, Medicare, Social Security, that's all like coming out of a paycheck or like you're contributing to that mm-hmm. for the employee. Is FMLA, does that have a cost associated to it? So like I said, on the back end, they're potentially might be something somewhere but you're not saying i'm going to pay my employee while they're gone right that's more you just have to hold their spot like i'm gonna keep your chair open bud you come back when you're ready yeah or not when you're ready there's time limits on fmla but like i have to hold this spot open i don't have to pay you Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get money while you're gone Mm -hmm. but when you're ready to come back or when the time says that you can come back or your doctor's note says you can come back you can come back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But again, those um, asterisk. Yeah. I'm doing a cross. You can't see me. <laughs> I'm on a podcast, but I'm doing a little asterisk <laughs> with my hands. Um, yeah. So part-time, full-time, and then temporary is someone can work up 40 hours plus a week. So they can work however many hours they want to. But for 12, less than 12 months, you're allowed to be temporary and you do not have to offer them any of those benefits. Okay. So they don't get much of anything, but it can only be for 12 months. And then after 12 months, you have to push them to regular full-time. Okay. 12 months is the limit. 12 months is the limit. Okay. Yep. Past the Medicare and Social Security Act and, and FMLA. Whew, that stuff gets, it gets sticky and it gets tricky and there's there's lots of rules. And the thing is, too, that I want to let you guys know is that if you spend a whole afternoon reading and studying and learning this in six months or a year, they might change the laws. Um, so there might be another study session that you have to do later. Okay. Um, so just make sure you're always, like I said, Google can be your friend. Um, just make sure you go to a .gov or like a state or government website mm-hmm. to read about those laws and things like that. Yeah, have some, have some knowledge going into it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is what we're trying to help with right now. We're trying to help with that a little bit. But like I said, this but, may be completely expired in, in six months or a yeah. year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, people are constantly changing and editing and updating um, the laws to try to take better care of the citizens. Um, but it makes things tricky for employers because it's just like a moving target. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So we're ready with our with our paperwork and our knowledge yeah like first day what is is your advice for a, so somebody yes. starting their first day or hiring somebody and employee retention and onboarding is my passion so I'm gonna nerd girl out a little bit here but I I honestly think that you can't overdo an employee's first day okay Like, they should just be celebrity status, walking in, you know, shower them with gifts, bring donuts. A thing that I've realized, too, is if you turn a day where an employee is starting into a fun day for everyone, then they're going to be more willing to accept that person into their team. That's a really really great piece of advice I think yeah so like donuts yeah you know gas station donuts on your way into work you know Uh somebody's starting that means that when you tell your team hey we got somebody starting on Monday people aren't going to roll their eyes because now it's another person they have to train yeah and be like oh yes donuts (laughs) donuts are coming or like boss is gonna bring you know some sandwiches for lunch or something like that like you have you have to make it a whole company yeah. deal. Like this person is starting. That's, yeah. And that makes me think, in product support, so we've hired 10 new people. And um, hiring is fun because, like, the first week that they're they're here, we try to go to lunch with them, like everybody in the team. Now there's, like, 20. So, and we try to limit how many people are going to lunch each day. So they get free lunch for like a week and a half. Yeah. So that's really fun <laughs> for the employee, obviously, yeah. because they're just treated so yeah. great. But it's fun for the rest of the team, too, because everyone likes to be treated yeah. and stuff yeah, we like call that. Yeah, so. we call it the two-hour required lunch yeah, for I new employees. It. So, yeah. So other everyone else gets a break at some point, and mm-hmm. they get 
wined and dined and it's a good time. Yeah. So, you know, obviously introduce everybody um, and don't make it awkward, you know, where everyone has to go around and say, you know, in in the quiet, awkward circle in the in the morning before everyone's yeah. had their coffee, like just kind of make it fun, make it lighthearted um, for the employee, though. So that's kind of like turn away from the rest of the team, that new person like mm-hmm. you need to also set them up for success. Yes. So here we have like a huge thick binder that's like branded and colored and tabbed. And like I said, it is pretty great. It's my passion. I still so refer back to it. Yeah, it's my passion. So I've really done a lot. But in order to set expectations, you have to have expectations. So someone coming in, you can't just throw them on the team or throw them on a tractor and say, this is your job. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, even if it was a referral and you just hired, you know, your nephew's mm-hmm. uncle's neighbor, you have ha- a plan, have a plan, have a job, like write a job description. Mm-hmm. So that way you can give it to the person and be like, this is what I expect from you. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want you to do. And if you're not doing this, we need to either have a conversation about why you can't do it. Because you don't want to be that person, too, where you're like, mm-hmm. do this or you're fired. <laughs> like, you know, we have to have a conversation. Yeah. But this is, in my head, what I think you're going to be doing. Uh-huh. And if then they're not doing that, then that gives you a platform to jump off of to talk about yeah. when they're not meeting expectations. Yeah. And it gives the employee um, some comfort that expectations are not going to change randomly. Like, if it's in writing... Yes. Like, here's what I'm expected to do. Cool. I'm not going to be expected to do something else out of the blue and be able to get fired for it. Or Yeah, or and at least right when they start. Yeah. You know, once yeah. they're in and they're trained and they're good, you can give them a project to work on. You don't have to rewrite the job description. Okay. Um, but at least when they're first starting, Mm -hmm. you need that job description. And I know some managers that will like the very first day they sit down, even if they apply to a job online where they were able to read that job description, they sit down on an actual piece of paper that has been printed out. Even though it's 2023, we still can use paper and like line by line, go through the job description Mm -hmm. with someone. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's a good idea um, to just really like set it out there make sure every everyone knows mm-hmm. every, everyone is in agreement and matt was talking about that earlier in the last episode as well like that's probably the first thing you need to do when thinking about hiring somebody is write the job description so you know what kind of person you're looking for like that is probably at the center of it yeah for sure and you know there's going to be some times where like I said, you you weren't necessarily looking to hire someone and you met somebody mm-hmm. and you're just like, man, I think you would be such a great part of our team. I can't live without you. <laughs> you're hired. I don't even need to interview you. Like, you've got the job. That's great. Uh-huh. And I love when stuff like that happens because it does. But you still have to write the job description yeah. for to describe the job. Yeah. So, yes, that's huge. Um, so, like I said, going back to that binder, I also think – um, when, or a, a binder folder, it doesn't matter, but there has to be a collection of stuff that is important. Um, and then doing continued learning mm-hmm. for your entire team then, um, you know, safety regulations, things like that, updated laws, maybe that you found out stuff mm-hmm. like anything that's changed or anything that you want to point out. Um, again, you can tell I love food because I'm... <laughs> It's like, have lunch, like buy your guys some lunch, tell them to bring their binder, sit around the table. You can keep it casual. You know, it doesn't have to be stuffy, but you know, just give a couple, like, here's some pointers talking about, you know, safety of this product or we're getting this new part in. Mm -hmm. Let's have a demonstration on how to, you know, install it you know, here are some goals, here are projections, things like that. If someone is munching on a bag of potato chips while they're doing that, I feel like it's always just better. That's actually, I was uh, reading a book called, I can't remember, I'll have to look it up, maybe put it in the show notes. Um, But it was, it was kind of like a psychology book and like how to convince people of things, just like different stories and 
stuff like that. But like statistically, if someone's eating while you're talking to them, they are more likely to do whatever you're asking of them. So like in the government, like state dinners and stuff, when someone wants to convince a government person of like that this law is good or bad, like they have them for dinner. Because eating, like, you're just more likely to agree when you're eating. Because, okay. like, people with food are happy people. <laughs> so I want a new pair of Nikes that match my son's hockey team colors. So I think I'm going to make my husband a really good meal tonight. There you go. So I can convince yeah. him to get the shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's really interesting. And I think it's, like, it's it's so true. And, and you, don't, you don't have to be super fancy. Like, yeah. literally buy a box of assorted Lay's potato chips at Kroger's <laughs> and bring them to the guys yeah. and be like, hey, we're having a meeting this afternoon. Or, yeah. you know, if you don't, if your team has trouble with food, you know, if there's like a weird allergy or something and so food is difficult, you know, have a meeting at three o'clock and then after the meeting is over and tell them to go home, like you're yeah. done for the day. Yeah. Or, or make it like, make it enticing for them. Yeah. To come to meetings. Yeah. You know, with my kids, I'm in, I'm in a little kid era. So you can't just tell your kids to just go do something without being like, Hey, go do this. And then we can do this. Uh You know, you, you have to make it fun. You have to make something seem like it's going to add them value. In the words of Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. (laughs) No truer statement. No truer statement. That's funny. Um, okay, so we've talked about onboarding. We've talked about orientation. Um, another thing that I kind of jotted down that's really important is have a training plan for them. Like, you can't just do, like, a one-day, here's a team, I did the donuts, I did the job description, I'm yeah. done. It, it, it continues. You have to continue. And you, you have to make sure that that employee feels like a champion of their position expand on that. So you, you have to set them up for success, Uh you know? So, so my husband works for a tree care company. And so there's a lot of things that you have to learn, Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's a lot of things to be able to work on farm equipment Mm -hmm. that you have to learn. And it can't just be, Hey, follow this one guy around. He's not super excited. You're here. Um, it'll be great. Yeah. We treated you to donuts. Monday was great, but it's Tuesday now. Yeah. Get to work. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't be like that. So you you know, set something up, mm-hmm. write it down, even print it out and give it to the guy. Like this is what you're gonna be doing this week. Yeah. And it and I will anecdotally talk about this too, because I am part of the team that does our onboarding and product support. And it doesn't have to be like a week straight of like planning their whole day. No. Cuz you're pro- I'm guessing you're going to hire somebody who knows a little bit, been around a tractor, been around a planter, hopefully. Uh, maybe not. They might be brand new and training them should be customized to that person. Yeah. Um and so like with our 10 new people in product support, we've been doing internal trainings at least twice a month like this whole year and so they don't have to know everything right away in the spring like sometimes it's, it's drinking from a high fire hose and that there's going to be a time and place for that um but don't just shut off the fire hose there's probably yeah. still stuff to learn and having like think about like the next month is there something you can touch on for an hour or two is going to help a lot for them to continue to develop yeah and that's where too coming back to like that job description like going through bullet by bullet point and being like okay bullet point number one says they're going to this is terrible like I don't know what you what everyone out there is hiring for right now but let's say let's use HR because I know that the, the best I've never been in product support probably a good thing <laughs> um so you know step one is learning how to use our like HR management system of all the people That's like the first Mm -hmm. bullet point. So for two days, we're going to make sure we cover that. Second bullet point of the job description is make sure that they know how to conduct an interview. Because 
The second bullet point is this person will be conducting interviews. Mm -hmm. Okay, we need to make sure that they know how to conduct interviews Mm -hmm. and conduct interviews the way that our company wants them to conduct interviews. You know, we may have hired someone who has 10 years of HR experience, but we find out, yes, they've done interviews, but this is how we do interviews. And that's not how they did interviews. And that that's not a bad thing. It's just like, this is how we do it. Yeah. We know you're great at interviewing, but we want you to like, here's some scorecards and here's some questions that we ask and things like that. So coming up with that training plan that's not just donuts on the first day mm-hmm. is also super important. Right. To add to that, so if you're, it, you're hiring a tech and they have 10 years experience working with equipment, um, having a training plan to show how you do things is probably going to be best for everybody because it yeah. might not be the same. Yeah. Um, and it, it opens up a conversation to, like, if they do something different, why do they – maybe it's better. Like, see how you they You never do. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might be willing to change your processes based yeah. off of a new hire. Yeah. Which that would be super fun and cool. I always love changing processes because you hire new people and find out what's going on out there. Um, you know, owners of dealerships and, and, you know, operations managers and things like that have to have an open mind Mm -hmm. because the way that you start doing things 10 year down, 10 years down the road, I could almost guarantee you, I will put money on it. It's not the best way. I agree with that. Yeah. So everything's changing so fast. (laughs) Yeah. So you just have to always be willing to listen too. So, you know, you bring in this, we call it fresh blood. You bring in some fresh blood, like train them on how you do it, but make sure that you always have your ears open, Mm -hmm. ask them questions. Be like, Hey, how did you do it? You know, this is how I'm training you to do it, but how did you do it? Was it different? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this way is better or that way is better? You know, someone who has 10 years of experience, that's a wealth of knowledge that you could, you should be tapping into. Mm-hmm. You hired them. You thought they were great. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. Like, use it to your advantage. Yep. What's the last thing? Oh, documentation. So, there was um, a quote at one of my old jobs where we said, if it's not written down, it never happened. So one could argue that, (laughs) yeah, but you know what, when it comes to employee performance, you, you think, you know, someone, but you always have to be ready for worst case scenario. Uh And in, and in HR, worst case scenario is them seeking legal advice or legal actions based off of something that happened at work. Mm -hmm. That is worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And you never hope that that happens. Um, but if it does, you need to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. So it's always, you know, it's like you have insurance on your car. You hope you never get in a car accident, but you always have insurance. But you always have it, yeah. Um, so documentation on conversations that you have with employees. Um, this goes back to like having one-on-one meetings. You know, you have your, you have your quarterly lunch and learns where you talk to everybody. Um, you do your onboarding stuff where you probably talk to that new employee, but keep in touch with your current employees once a month, once a quarter, have a one-on-one so someone can feel comfortable talking to you. It's also way easier to tackle a situation when it just happened versus letting it happen for three months and then six months yeah, and then a year. And then you're so mad that you just are about ready to explode. And the person has thought, I've been doing this for 12 years. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Or 12 months. Oh, gosh, if you let something go on for 12 <laughs> years, like, whoo. Um, so document stuff. Have those one-on-one meetings. Write down what you talked about. Um, If it's a serious conversation, like if it's a performance issue or like an integrity issue where you had to like have a, we call them come to Jesus moments with with an employee, which Uh hopefully that's not happening a ton um, because, you know, you're hiring great people and you're onboarding and you're doing all this stuff. So you never have these issues. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be a perfect world? Um, Especially with those difficult conversations, even quotes. Like I said this, and then the employee said this with uh-huh. quotes around it. You can't say much to that yeah. if our worst case scenario, right. 
happened. Yeah. And you can't, like, if if a worst-case scenario did happen where they got legal advice, you can't go back and write, right. well, three years ago, I had a meeting, and I'm just going <laughs> to write down this document really yeah. quick. You can't do that. Yeah, that's... Um, that's- that's probably that's probably illegal. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, just keeping it, and then that's what the personnel file is for. You know, you have those meetings, mm-hmm. you fill it out. You know, even make yourself like a template or something mm-hmm. where it's like every one on one, I'm going to talk about the things they did great, and then I'm going to talk about the things they can improve on. We call them opportunities here. It sounds less <laughs> uh, tragic. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have like an open spot of like. Do you have any concerns? Like, are uh-huh. you having any issues? You know, do you need to get something off your chest? Like, what's going on? How are you? How's your, you yeah, know, how's your good. family? Uh, things like that. And write it down, stick it in their personnel file. You don't have to think about it again. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea to have a template of, like, kind of how the conversation should go. Yeah. Or, you know, things to hit on a conversation where you're doing a one-on-one and checking in. Yeah, so I would talk about, like, you know, the start with the positives. Uh-huh. And you hear, you know, for every positive, for every negative, you have to give five positives. So always try to, you know, you're doing this great, you're doing this great. I'm seeing some leadership out of you. Um, and then talk about opportunities, like you're doing this. I would like for you to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Or you're 20 minutes late to work every day. You know, and don't, don't accuse. Uh-huh. Say, what's going on? Right. You're, you know, most of us are here at eight. That's been kind of the, the standard. And I've noticed you've been rolling in at 830. Is something going on that's keeping you from being able to be here at eight? Or, you know, just what's happening? What's yeah. what's going on in your life? You don't want to attack someone and then come to find out, you know, their family dog is dying and their yeah. three kids are having to be dropped off at school and, and all of this stuff. Because then you feel like a terrible person. Right. And e- even if there wasn't anything going on, like if you like verbally point a finger and say why are you doing this like that is like immediate defense for most people go in defensive mode oh for sure and if you're if it's more of an open question and they don't have they don't have a good reason like the defense is not up yeah so yeah and and usually it it will like there will be a resolution Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so um templates good things are doing opportunities um, or missed opportunities. And then I like to talk to about people of just like, do you like what you're doing? Yeah. Do you want to do something else? What do you want to do? You know, I asked like jokingly, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah. To an adult in my office. Because we're not all, we're, we're all. Yeah. No one's grown up. Because you, even <laughs> if you, you know, whispering, even if you have no really development opportunities mm-hmm. for them. Just someone being able to talk about their dreams Mm -hmm. to someone else and feeling validated can sometimes be enough. Yeah. You know, and maybe there's a little something, you know, you talk to one of your guys and he's like, I want to own my own dealership. And you're only a year older than him. So Mm -hmm. you figure, you know, there's probably not a chance he's going to own your dealership. Right. Um, But, you know, maybe there's a way that you can put him on a development program or there's some things that you can bring him on where if he ever had a chance in the future to own mm-hmm. his own dealership or her own dealership, <laughs> um, you know, job shadowing or whatever. Like, uh-huh. you don't have to give that to them. Right. Or just, like, more ownership in something. Yeah. In in their job or the business. Like Little things make take, a huge impact. They could take off and it could benefit both of you. Yeah. And who knows, maybe, you know, eventually someday you'll be able to split and, you know, he could take a branch and you could take a branch or something like that. You never know, you know, 10 years down the road when you're also not doing things the way that you were started out doing them because you listen to your new employees and (laughs) you have the operations manager who wants to own his own dealership. You know, who knows what could happen? Yeah. So that's why those one-on-ones are super important and and having a template would just make things easier. Awesome. So 
Another thing, when I was kind of doing some research today and I was thinking, what do we have here at Precision on a huge scale? Could I scale it down for smaller dealerships? And so one of the things that we have is um, required posters that you have to post, which people may not know that, but there is actually the government says that you have to have certain laws publicly posted. Okay in your business. Okay. Um, And so we have a subscription. Um, The company is called JJ Keller. Um, The nice thing with them is that if a law changes, they're keeping track of it Uh and they just send me a new poster and I just smack it on the bulletin board. I don't have to pay attention to it. Um, But as I was digging and like looking into that kind of stuff, I did find out that the government actually makes posters for free. Like electronic posters, and then you would just print them out. The only problem with that is then you have to go and check check them yourself to make sure something hasn't been updated to reprint. Uh Um, But that is something you got to have hanging up in the the break room or the hallway or something like it doesn't have to you don't have to read it in one of your meetings, um, but it has to be there. Yeah. And like I said, the .gov websites, they're your friends, have a wealth of knowledge, check them frequently, stuff changes all the time. And again, like I would just suggest if, you know, if it's just a one or onesie twosie kind of dealership, you're probably good. Um, But if you have like probably 10 or more employees, I would look into like outsourcing some HR. Okay. um, Because... I also know that I don't have the best ideas. Um, and so they may be able to give you some ideas and some processes and do some of those ideas and processes for you. Yeah. So like they could do your binder, they could do your folder, they mm-hmm. could, you know, come up with an agenda for your quarterly lunch and learn. They could, you know, they could attend one-on-ones they might even for you or they might. Oh, wow. You know, and, and help you document or, you know, if you have an issue with an employee, you can call them and be like, this guy is doing this, this, this and this. What do you think I should do? Yeah. And they could tell you. Yeah. Um, so it does cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be a subscription, but you could. It, I feel like those companies are probably worth their money. Yeah. If you're bigger. Yeah. Like when you're not ready to hire your own HR person yet. But there's more HR tasks that the owner is doing that maybe they are sick of doing. Because I understand I love HR, but a lot of people probably don't. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't like um, installing parts on tractors. So you do you and I'll do mine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was another thing. And then also um, outside of the HR services, just make sure you have like a good accountant or bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. Um, they know these payroll laws, they know the social security tax, they know the FMLA stuff. Um, so they would be able to help with all of that. Okay, Laura. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on today. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you for, for being here. It was, it was fun. I really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully my boys love it. I hope so, too. Or maybe at least they'll be like, wow, mommy's actually smart. (laughs) She talks about stuff other than having to eat more spinach, because I feel like that's all I ever talk about is eating more vegetables. To grow up big and strong. That's right. Well, we actually, so we tried the other day to, we were telling them to eat something, and we're like, yeah, be like Popeye. And they're like, who's Popeye? Like, what? And so we tried to, like, pull up a clip of Popeye. And uh-huh. they were just like, why do, why do I want to be like this guy? Like, this is, is black and white. Like, what is this? <laughs> it's just like, well, I guess we need a new character. Then. Yeah, yeah. We need a new character to show kids to eat their vegetables. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Okay. Cool. So, um, So now I'm going to be bringing back on the clip from Matt, and he's going to talk a little bit more about employee retention. And so here's him. Matt, how many dealers do you know of that might ask, if they are going through employees, if they are turning them over fairly quickly, that might ask them, can I ask you why you're leaving? Yeah, like an exit interview. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really good information for them to capture, right? Um, I, I would think that it would be if someone, especially if they've been there 
a long time and you have a relationship with them, why are you leaving? I mean, that is a, that is a, a healthy question for someone that, you know, cares about their business and wants to know what could I have done better? There's going to be times sometimes it's just not, it's just not in the cards, right? Maybe they're moving, maybe somebody else got a better job or I'm getting married, whatever those reasons could be, but it's good to capture that. And don't, and those people will be honest with you, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you hand them their last check, they're going to tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> yeah, I think as, you, if, if, as long as you do it with a level head. I think so. I'm just thinking about a situation where, like, you know, if it's a situation where it's like, man, I'm beating myself up because I'm, I'm probably just not paying these guys enough. So you keep bumping up what you pay them, but then you ask three different guys who have left and say, man, I left because your dog looks at me funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, then pay right. wasn't the answer to Right, yeah. right. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. And it's an expensive it, it, from a lack of asking that question, that's an expensive problem, right? Yeah. So I do want to talk a little bit about retention. What is your opinion on kind of the, the duty, if you will, maybe of, of our dealers or people who hire, businesses who hire, to think about kind of the long-term plan for their employees? And I'm sure that when somebody is hired, you're thinking about the tasks for them here and now or over the next maybe months to years. But if it is a situation where my business needs a technician, maybe the best technician is that kid from the local community college who just went through the diesel tech program. Right. Right. But maybe that's not a long-term career for him. So I guess what is the, the duty, if you will, of like a dealer to think about the long-term retention and plan for that person? Okay. So, um, first thing is, is that I would say we mentioned earlier, but I I will mention it again because it's critical is setting clear expectations, right? So a lot of times the expectation either for me as an employer or you as an employer is backwards. Like we're not on the same page. That happens a lot, right? There's, there's a lot of people that leave jobs just over that. So we talked about writing a job description, what the job is. We talked about asking for a resume. We talked about references. Something else is you should probably write goals for that person. What does success look like in this role? And then be prepared is that they succeed, that there's an incentive. Um, don't be afraid to put together a glide path for an employee. And and it's it could very easily be the company story. We, two of us, we started this business. We've grown. You're our third employee. We feel like if we can hit these thresholds, then we're going to add these positions, these positions, they're going to need a manager. There's all kinds of things that can grow into. I mean, there are places we can go to today that have shop managers that didn't have a shop or people working in the shop 10 years ago. It's hard. So, but I, but I think the expectation is, is that as this, you know, the right person, I'm looking for a partner, somebody that's going to go with me and, and a good employee will have an opportunity to expand and, and, and to maybe manage people to maybe manage the entire service department down the road, maybe to move from into sales. And a lot of it has to do um, with what, you know, that employee's goals are. So don't be afraid to have those conversations. It's, it's 100% expectations on both sides being open and honest. And that makes me think of, um, actually another, uh, email we got for the giveaway. Clayton Tonner actually, uh, had a article about roles and expectations. Um, and it was looking at, giving someone a, a title versus defining their roles. Mm-hmm. And when when people are focusing more on the roles that they play, that's more agile, using a buzzword, but <laughs> <laughs> more you can you can change those roles in and out and you like if you paying attention to that, you can see where the value is growing of that employee and that um, I think opens up more discussions between an employee and an employer of, you know, where, what am I doing now? Where is it going? Uh, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I want to do next, what I want to give to somebody else. Yeah. I, I think, I feel like that makes a, a lot of sense. I think that clearly defined expectations, roles, responsibilities should be a part of this. They can change as the as as things go better. Here, here's what I will say, and this is uh, to all the people out there that uh, you've done employee reviews. The percentage of you that do this that you should do that. 
Um, how many times have you given someone some criticism or maybe, you know, not the review's not going real well or it's a tough review. You're, you're kind of, I'm pointing some stuff out and that employee would say something like, I had no idea. That happens a lot, <laughs> right? So there's this thing that happens to where if, if, I, if I hire you and I say, I want you to make, uh, pretend we're talking about a sales position, and I said, I want you to be on two new farms every week making a cold call. I'd like for you to do you know, this much you know, crop scouting, whatever those things are, and you write out these really specific things. And that employee, the windows are always washed, his truck's always clean, he sweeps the entryway of your business. He takes out the trash. He fills the, the, the break room machine. He does all these things. And at the end of the day, he's, only, he's not doing any of his cold calls. The things that you hired him for, he's, he's technically in his mind a good employee. Look at all the stuff I do here. Well, I didn't hire you to sweep the floors. I hired you to bring new customers and clients into my business. That is 100% the fact that I don't have timely feedback for an employee. Like, man, I love the fact that you're doing this, but you need to do these three things. And then if the trash is empty, that's great. And you know what? I'm sorry I didn't make that clear. Maybe I asked you to help me clean up and if you're around, right. I, I miscommunicated that, right? So it, once again, is, is 100% about those expectations and communication be, between the employees. You spend so much time together and you're paying them. You really want to know what they're doing, you know? So don't be afraid to set up reviews. Don't be afraid to foreshadow where this could go. Don't be afraid to give updates on that foreshadowing. Hey, things aren't going well. We're probably not going to hire the fourth and fifth person this year. Or, hey, we're doing great. We're accelerating that. If there are things about that employee I like and don't like, and I don't point it out, you got zero chance of adjusting it, right? So a lot of times what will happen, and this is human nature, is is it's hard to have that conversation. You don't have that choice as an employer. You have to have that conversation. But what it is, you put it off, put it off, and then it explodes into something that it's really not. You become frustrated. They become frustrated. Next thing, no one's happy, and it's all around the idea that the expectations that they have and you have aren't aligned and we're not communicating. So when I'm sitting there in an interview and I'm and, and you're you're interviewing this person, you start to like him and like, here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you clear expectations with this. Every four months, we're going to sit down for a half hour away from everybody else, and we're going to have a conversation. Right. And like, how's it going? What do you think? What do I need to do better as your boss? This is what I think you need to do better. Right. Those, those kind of things. It sounds simple. It's the simplest thing to mess up, though. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that, that that employee that does get in and takes out the trash and sweeps the, the front of the shop and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mind goes to if you have that continued conversation with somebody that you've hired in your business to be a salesperson. And every time you have those conversations, that person is bringing up inventory, inventory, inventory. Well, then maybe that person, you know, hey, you seem to be very concerned about inventory. What is your concern here? What are your ideas? What you may find is that they really open up. Their thoughts really blossom about, well, here's what I think we can do. And lo and behold, you know what? Our business does need somebody who's managing our inventory. So you may find that you've got a good employee who didn't necessarily start in a position that was 100% suited for them, but that your business has something that is, and they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So you could move that person into an inventory management role or an operations role. Yeah. You're looking for another salesperson again, right? But it's just to, to not get maybe siloed, if you will, into this is your title and this is, this is all you do. No, I, I I think that, Everyone listening has probably had an employee that they really enjoyed and wants to keep them because they're good at certain things. They just might not be the right person in the wrong position. So that, that, that is an, an absolute reality. And I think, I think it's good that you brought it up. Um, I would definitely, um, key on the idea. And so here's what I'll say. And and I, I hate doing this. I'm not plugging a book, right? There's all kinds of books. You can read all these business, right? Okay, this one I liked. It's called The Great Game of Business. The whole idea about The Great Game of Business is that all the employees are owners. And what you brought up is you, don't want, you want to make somebody feel valuable. 
ask them their opinion, right? That's how you get faster turnover times on an assembly line. Because, hey, if we move this table here, I could do, I don't, I'm taking four. Like those, that feedback is critical. So you should be open with your employees. And during that review process, you should have that as part of the thing. Because an employee that feels like they have ownership in your business is going to make you more money and they're going to be more committed. That, so That makes me think of another story. Not for my own life, but um, I think Crest Toothpaste, they were having all these empty boxes getting into the pallets going out and so they hired like this just crazy expensive consulting company to build a machine to keep to keep that and essentially it weighed the boxes as they went out to be packed and it it would ding when there was an empty box well the shop floor people got so sick and tired of that dinging, guess what they did? <laughs> they made sure there weren't any empty boxes. They put a box fan right at that spot, and it would blow, or before that, and it would blow <laughs> the empty boxes off the conveyor belt. That efficiency, if they would have just consulted their their mm-hmm. employees, they probably could have come to that conclusion without spending millions of dollars. Yeah. you know, And, and Chuck Boyer bought every single employee – I think it's 60 second lean or one minute. I don't know the, a book uh, that all the employees that uh, box and assemble and work on the plant. And the idea was how, what are ideas you can have to make this place better? You know, if you can just edge just a little bit of time and I'm not doing it justice. And I, that wasn't my book. I already gave you my book. book. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there, there's Use a, this link for my Amazon. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, much more inclined to, carry something out and be dedicated to something that was my idea than if I feel like I'm carrying out your idea. Yep. Yeah. And you, and you feel valuable, you know, you'd be amazed at just asking what somebody's opinion is means doing, you know, I think that's a good point. That three seconds of silence is probably a good indicator that we've kept Matt <laughs> yeah. as long as we should. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to like be h- here in person. Yeah. We really appreciate talking to you and getting your your opinion. Yeah, it worked out well. It's a neat uh, it's a neat thing you guys are doing. So I appreciate it. Encourage the uh, dealers to uh, if you enjoy it, tell somebody else. Uh, there's a lot of good information, and I am uh, began listening to the podcast a while ago, and I get a lot out of it. So awesome. I appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, thanks for being here. And speaking about uh, like this whole whole podcast was we had a lot from our feedback through our email. So if you have any more, email us at smarter every season at precisionplanting.com. We love hearing from you. So just because the cooler contest is over doesn't mean we don't want your feedback. Yes. Send yep. us what you think. What are we giving away now? Are we giving away anything? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? We don't have anything right now. Maybe we'll do it again in the future. Next time I'm on, let's give something away. Okay. Well, how about a free uh, inaugural trip on the <laughs> Matt Bennett <laughs> <laughs> scenic tour yeah. to Covington, Indiana? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, uh, we'll work something out. But uh, appreciate you guys, and thank you so much to all you dealers out there. Yeah, uh, you guys mean everything to us, and uh, wouldn't be here. There's no reason for me to be here without you. We're your biggest fans, I promise. 